0: And so we have uh, Susie and Lester Chun. They're going to speak with us tonight and, and uh, just bring a powerful message. Uh, before we get into that, I just wanted to remind you about tomorrow night. We have our the Divine Mentor DVD um, uh, curriculum that we're going to go through. And some of you were asking, is there a cost? And there is no cost to it. It is absolutely free. You also get a workbook, and it is tomorrow night that we begin. It's a seven-week study, and it's going to be from 6 o'clock to about 7.45, we go through a DVD teaching by Pastor Wayne Cordero and then we break up into groups and we go through some questions. And the, the neat thing about that is we get to learn from each other. We get to grow in, small, in a smaller setting and at the same time, what this is going to teach us is how to sit at the feet of Jesus to build our faith. And as Chad was talking about our bookmarker, uh, that's part of it. It's learning how to do our devotions, learning how to learn, well, yeah, learning how to learn from people in the Bible. Uh, men and women who have gone through what we all have gone through, or are going through, and we can glean from them. So that's going to be happening tomorrow night.
1: That sounds exciting. It'll be good. So uh, we're going to be talking about God's heart for Israel, and as it says up here, yesterday, today, and forever. So I'm going to welcome up Susie and Lester Chun. Yeah, can we, we welcome
0: to to them tonight?
2: Here. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, Hi, I'm Susie Chun, as Pastor said, and tonight we're going to be talking about God's heart for Israel, yesterday, today, and forever, and essentially what that really is about God's great heart of love for his, for people all over, not only the Jews, but for everybody and how he wants them to come to him. I am a Messianic Jew. That means that I was born into a Jewish home, but I'm a believer in Jesus, Yeshua HaMashiach, Jesus Christ. Okay, and standing next to me is my husband, and he is also a believer in Yeshua. Yeshua is is the Hebrew name for Jesus, but as you can see, he was not born into a Jewish home. (laughs) So he is a Gentile, a Gentile believer. And I fully believe that in this season that we're in now, God is bringing together Messianic believers and Gentile believers, not necessarily in marriage always, but bringing us together for his kingdom purposes. And this is going to take a few minutes to share about why God's heart for Israel is relevant to you a 21st century, mostly Gentile church.
3: Thanks, Susie. Well, I can tell you, it amazes me that uh, I'm here tonight on a Wednesday night to talk to all of you. But actually, I should share with you a little secret. When uh, you're married to a Jewish woman like Susie, just brace yourself for surprises. <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> So here I am. Great. Uh, Pastor Sheldon told me, before I came up, have fun. I'm going to go and share with you an appointed time that God gave me just a couple weeks ago. I'm going to try to keep it on point because that's very important. God has appointed times for all of us. For the land of Israel, he certainly has appointed times. Well, Susie and I went way out to a retreat, prayer retreat place up in the boonies of the Okanagan National Park. Beautiful retreat place. And there I meet, of all things, a Chinese lady. She's a pediatric cardiologist. And she's given up her practice. She's a top-notch physician. And, you know, being a Niela, I have to ask her, why is it that you gave this up? And she said, when you meet Jesus, everything else is of this value. Oh, that pierced my heart. And then she also said, there's that story in scripture about the treasure. You find that treasure, you sell everything to get that treasure. Well, she found her treasure, and she was willing to give up everything for that. For me, I had to ask her these things, because culturally speaking, I don't know if you're aware but Chinese people are brought up a certain way. We're raised with a certain mindset. And it's very, very tough to break that. But that was a God appointed time in my life. Now, specifically for the Jewish people in Israel. Okay? So far, so good, Susie. <laughs> Okay, getting back to the first thing I said. The question is, from a Gentile perspective, why is it important to know God's heart for Israel and its relevance to life today? You know, when we study the Bible and go back to Abraham's time, we find that Abraham was the first Jewish person. He entered into a relationship with God where he radically believed God and left all he knew to follow God to some foreign land. And this foreign land was Israel. Then we have the Jews who were slaves in Egypt for 400 years. These Jews were God's people, and they were slaves 24-7. You might say they were so busy doing whatever the masters wanted that they had no time for God. But God, who had chosen these people, didn't like that situation. So God declared that he would set his people free, not to give the people a better life, but so that they would have the opportunity to worship him. You can find all of this in Exodus 7:16 and Exodus 8, 1. Then we come to Moses. You know, Moses, he leads the people. He's to lead the people to Egypt. But he never gets there to this promised land. But just before he is about to die, God tells him, hey, get the people together. So he gets the Israelites together, and God gives him these words to teach the people. Shema Israel. Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. Just consider and ponder those words. God Almighty is instructing his people these specific words that I am your God. I am one. To this very day, these words are recited by the Jewish people in the morning and at night. This is the first thing you might say Jewish children are taught. This phrase is said just before people die. It is so ingrained in the people, these words, that... Adonai Elohim, he is our God. Now, this is the heart of a God for his people, for the land of Israel. Okay, here we go. You know, to this day, these words are recited, and this is God's heart. But along with these words are many other covenants, Holidays and guidelines that God made for his people. And this is some of the things that Susie will be covering, if not tonight, on Sunday. Okay? But the fact is that um, we Gentiles who are grafted into the family of God should learn about these things. You know, we're all part of the family. These are precious, precious things that God has Written in Zechariah, Ezekiel, you just name it, Isaiah, and it will come to pass. And those who are with the Lord, who have given their lives to the Lord, it would behoove you to really and truly grab hold of it and learn these things. And we have an opportunity because here's another secret. My wife studies like crazy. She puts all her heart and soul into these whenever she gets the opportunity to share the, these messages. Okay? So, anyway, it's, it's not a promotion for my wife, but it is a promotion of God sharing a specific gift with an individual, just as he shares specific gifts to all of you. All right. So, I think my four minutes is just about up, but, uh, you know, we Christians have a spiritual heritage, and uh, ultimately, we need to grab hold of that spiritual heritage. So, it's our hope that with tonight's teaching, we can better understand God's enduring love for Israel, and how we can partner with God right now for furthering his future plans. Susie?
2: Thanks, honey. (laughs) Talking about plans, how many of you have a planner? I don't see many hands going up. I'm sure many of you do. Well, I do, and what do we put in the planner? We put important dates, Things we don't want to miss, appointments, engagements, meetings with people. But how many of you know that God has a planner also? And in his planner, he has times that he wants to meet with us and things that are on his calendar. He sets certain days apart and he says, I'm going to be there for this purpose. Come meet me then. And where you can find that calendar or God's appointment book is in the Old Testament, the Hebrew name is the Tanakh, and it is in Leviticus chapter 23. In that chapter, God outlines for us his special days throughout the calendar year that he wants his people to meet with him. They are not called Jewish holidays. They are called his appointed times. The Hebrew word is moedim. Leviticus 23, 1 to 2 says, The Lord spoke again to Moses, saying, Speak to the sons of Israel and say to them, The Lord's appointed times, which you shall proclaim as holy convocations, my appointed times are these. And then the rest of Leviticus 23 goes on to explain what these appointed times are, which days they are, that the people are to gather together in these holy convocations. And each one of them is significant to the past, the present, and the future of God's redemptive plan, his plan for salvation for all of mankind. What he has done on these appointed times is totally amazing. And understanding them as Christians will absolutely enrich your life as you get to know Yeshua better, because each of these appointed times is about Yeshua. They are vivid pictures of his redemptive work as the Messiah and as the Savior of the world. Last year, Pastor Sheldon and I spent several Wednesdays going over these Moadim, but tonight we're going to get a crash course, five minutes, on them, because we're going to get ready for Sunday night. Sunday night, we are going to celebrate, come together in a holy convocation as a congregation to celebrate one of these moadim, one of these special appointed times where God says, I'm going to be there, come on. And that's called uh, the Feast of Trumpets. And so we're going to do this to get you ready for that. So we have a chart here that is going to show you and I hope you can see it, the Moedim that are set out in Leviticus 23. And they are all part of what God has done in the past, what he's doing now, and what he's going to do in the future for his plan of salvation. And it's not just for the Jewish people. The spring feasts, the first grouping over there, are all about the first coming of Yeshua, Jesus and the gift of the Holy Spirit. On Passover, which remembers when the Jewish people, as Lester talked about, when the Jewish people were set free from the bondage of slavery for over 400 years in Egypt, that was what it commemorates, Passover. And what they had to do is take the blood of a a blemish-free lamb and smear it on the doorposts of their house. And when they did that, the angel of death passed over. And did not kill any of them. And then they were free to go worship the Lord, as Lester said. What happened many years later on Passover? Because it's prophetic. Yeshua died on the cross. He became the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. The sinless Lamb of God who takes away our sins. And then we come to a holiday, Moadim. Called a moad that's singular. You can keep the chart up. I'm going to keep the chart up the whole time. We come to one called First Fruits. Now, First Fruits was a harvest festival where the people of Israel were commanded by God to bring the first fruits of their harvest to Him as an offering to Him. And what happened on that day, three days after Passover, Yeshua was resurrected from the grave. And in Corinthians chapter 15 the apostle paul says on this very day of first fruits yeshua became the first fruits of those who will be resurrected to life again as believers in him it is no accident that yeshua died on passover it is no accident he was resurrected on first fruits which is about offering a uh, hope And it is no accident on the next spring moed, which is called Shavuot, but is often called Pentecost by the church. You can see it there when you look at the spring holidays, that the Holy Spirit was given. Because we are not left alone. We have a helper, a teacher, a comforter. And Yeshua said right before he went up into heaven, he said, I'm going to send the helper to you. Stay in Jerusalem, and I'm going to send this, and you will be empowered from on high, and you will be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and to the rest of the world. And so the believers gathered in Jerusalem, it's recorded in Acts chapter 2, to receive this power of the Holy Spirit so they could be witnesses. And indeed, that is our calling today as believers, those of us who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb, our sins have been cleansed, who hope for the resurrection of our eternal life in Him, and who are called now by the power of the Holy Spirit to share the gospel, to Hilo first, and then to the rest of the world, to Jerusalem, and then to the rest of the world. And then comes this break. You can see... The spring holidays are all about the first coming. The fall ones are about his second coming, but we have this time in between. Shavuot is usually about May, and the first of these fall feasts is just about to happen this Sunday night. So we have about a four-month period, and it's the harvest time. It's the summer harvest time. And what is that about prophetically? It's about the church, us, Jewish believer, Gentile believer, Fulfilling what the Lord wants us to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, sharing the gospel, calling in the harvest, and probably at this time calling in the end-time harvest of people, Jew and Gentile, to come to him. So that's where we are prophetically right now. And then we have the fall feasts. And the fall feasts are all about the second coming and the events leading up to the second coming. Each of these appointed times calls for a holy convocation or gathering. And for us this Sunday night, what will be on the Jewish calendar the first of the month of Tishri, we will gather here to celebrate the first of the fall feasts, Yom Teruah, or Feast of Trumpets. Some of you may have heard it called Rosh Hashanah, the beginning of the, not the actual beginning of the year, but the secular beginning of the year. And so These are really all significant because they all have meaning for every believer. We're going to gather together with the Israel focus group that meets at this church and the young adults that meet at this church and celebrate this Feast of Trumpets. And I believe that you as a believer in Yeshua, it relates to you because it it helps us to prepare for his return. It will be a time of intimacy with God and experiencing his glory as we set that time apart to draw close to him. And remember, it's on his appointment book. He's going to be here. We want to be here too. And I'm not saying that God's not with us all the time. He is. But just like we have certain holidays where we do certain things, Fourth of July, we celebrate Independence Day, or even Easter or Christmas... They're not actually in the Bible, but we celebrate things on those days. These are, and why should we not then come together in the biblical ones that are listed in the Bible to experience his presence, to draw close to learn more about him? So also on Sunday night, we're going to be praying for Israel, and that ties us into the partnership with God that Les is talking about earlier as a Gentile believer. God has a plan for Israel. And I don't think we could live in more exciting times than we do now. Many of you know from reading the Tanakh, the Old Testament, Israel for almost 2,000 years was banished from the land of Israel, the Jewish people. okay, Because mostly of their disobedience. And then miraculously, in 1948, Israel became a nation again. We are so privileged to live in this time because nothing else quite proves God's faithfulness from taking a nation as never happened in the past, will never happen again, a nation that is scattered for 2,000 years and brought back together into their land with their same language, their same currency. It's miraculous. And there were many biblical prophecies about this that were absolutely fulfilled, and that's why we see his faithfulness. We're going to watch a video right now that shows us that God's love, his heart, his faithfulness for his people, it was made by a Jewish organization. He just said, it's Jewish history. It's supernatural, and it is. Israel back in the land is a miracle, God's miracle, and the church, us folks, should not be apathetic about it. We should be excited about it because it screams to us, God is faithful. And it also is very relevant to us because it's about his end time plan. You see, Israel back in the land is not the end of his plan, physically back in the land. His plan is spiritual revival. Now that that did talk about spiritual revival and they were talking about spiritual revival of Judaism but what the Lord wants is spiritual revival a restoration to him through the Lord Yeshua just like you know he did in my life that is his plan that is his plan for the entire world there's no other way to God except through Jesus through Yeshua and that's what he wants to do in Israel now The rabbi Saul, who later became called the Apostle Paul, wrote in Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and then to the Greek. And Yeshua, on his last week on earth, he was in Jerusalem, and he looked over Jerusalem and he mourned. He wanted to gather them, his people. He was Jewish. He wanted to gather them, and most of them did not believe in him. And he mourned over their unbelief, and he lamented over it. He said, I wanted to gather you like a hen gathers her chicks, but they would not have it. So he spoke these words to them. He said, I will not come back again to Israel until you say, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. In Hebrew, it is Baruch Haba B'Shem Adonai. Jesus spoke those words in saying, I will come back when my people Israel rise up and welcome me back in, in my name. In other words, we are looking for the salvation of Jewish souls and Arab souls in Israel. But we're talking specifically right now about the Jewish people. The church today has a destiny. And that destiny is to partner together with the Lord in the fulfillment of his redemptive plan. It's to embrace God's heart for Israel and the salvation of all people, but first his chosen people. Remember that on God's calendar, we're in the harvest season right now. It is the final harvest of souls. And it's a time to hear God's heart to bless Israel. And in God's generous economy, He made a promise to Abraham, and he said, I will bless everyone who blesses you or your descendants, and the Jews are the descendants of Abraham. And so when we bless Israel, we get blessed. That's how God works. Chad's going to come up now, and he's going to just share briefly about how we are going to bless Israel on Sunday night.
1: So on Sunday night, we're going to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And um, I thought before I'd share that, I'd share how um, I came to have a heart for Israel. And for me, you know, I really didn't know much about Israel or the Jews other than reading them in the Bible. And maybe what you hear in the news with, you know, relations with America and Israel. Um, But I had no connection or understanding. It didn't seem relevant to me because they're literally on the other side of the world. And um, just, you know, we have our own lives. We're just busy with our own things. And so just it didn't really seem, um, you know, something that I should be thinking about or think that is important. But until about maybe a year ago when Susie started sharing about Israel and we started to learn just how um, we learned up here Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we started learning about the, um, how God's plan for the, for Israel was in the calendar, um, God just did something in my heart. And I started to see that, that when we follow the Jewish people and we follow Israel, it's kind of like almost God giving us a focus that when we follow them, that we can see what God was doing in their lives. And that you, would, you could see that the promises that, the, that he had for them, that they're true today. And as I started to see that, I started to realize that the things that God said he would do um, for them in the Old Testament, God is doing today in our lives. And we got to see a, a miracle happen where he has brought his people back to the land. And it just showed me that God is doing great things and we get to be a part of that. And so on Sunday, um, we're going to be praying for the peace of Jerusalem. And in Psalm one twenty two six, it says... Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. And when we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, it means we're praying for wholeness. And that wholeness means that they would come to know Jesus Christ. Just like each one of us, that we would want to know Jesus, we're we're praying that they would know him. And so that's what this night is gonna be about. We'll be gathering here at six o'clock and um, Susie's going to share a little bit more on that night, and um, what it's going to be a different kind of night. We're going to be gathering together, and after she shares, we're going to break up into different groups, and we're going to pray together, and there will be some things that we're going to pray specifically for Jerusalem and for the Jewish people. And so um, this night that we're doing is actually a night that is happening worldwide with other churches and other nations, and it's put together by um, uh, Robert Stearns, and he says, We set aside this one day each year to raise global awareness and intercession for God's purposes in Israel, knowing that this hour in history is critical and that our authority in prayer is great. Though we pray every day for Israel, we seek on this day to unite believers around the world in raising a cry to heaven, on behalf of this troubled but strategic land and its people. And we believe in God's promises for his beloved nation and fervently pray to hasten the day when he brings fulfillment to his word. And so I just want to encourage you to come and be a part of that night. Um, And I know that some of you may not be able to make it. And so within your bulletin, if you can pull out these cards um, that we have. And what I wanted to ask of you if right now... um, if you could write down a prayer on this card, praying for the peace of Jerusalem. On that night, we're going to build two 40-foot walls. We're going to have them in the sanctuary. And the walls actually represent, um, in Israel, they actually have a wall called the Wailing Wall. And when you go to Israel, people will write their prayers, and they'll put it into that wall. Um, for, that, for Sunday night, we're specifically writing a prayer for Israel. And so um, maybe some of you might not know how to pray or what to write. And I would just think about somebody's salvation, specifically a Jewish person, and think maybe how um, what might prevent them from being saved or knowing Jesus or whatever. If you think about yourself and thinking how you came to know the Lord or what, what hindered you from knowing Jesus, write a prayer down for them that they would know Jesus Christ. And um, right now we're going to play a video, and it's a Hebrew artist. And you'll, it's going to be in Hebrew, so you, it might sound a little different in the beginning, but I'm sure be, you'll know the song as it kind of goes. But we're going to take a few minutes to, as this video is playing. You can just take your time to write down on the card. And what we'll do at the end of the night as you leave, if you can hand this card um, to the greeters at the back, and what we'll do is we're going to take your cards And on Sunday night, we're going to post them all up on our prayer wall. And it's going to be part of the night as we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem. So right now, you can go ahead.
0: Chad, thank you so much for sharing. Thank you, Susie and Lester, for sharing that. What a powerful message for all of us tonight. Um, You know, one thing I really caught was when, I mean, you're talking about a barren land that is fruitful and thriving. And it reminds me of sometimes it doesn't look like our lives are fruitful. It's barren. It's desert. We go through a tough season. This is a God who can bring an oasis out of a desert. So your marriage may feel like a desert. Your marriage may feel like it's ending. Your your finances are depleted. Maybe your, your children are going astray. Whatever it is, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly more than we could possibly ever imagine or dream. So that is the God of Israel. That's the God we serve. That is the one we say yes to. And that is the one we pray to. I know for uh, some of us tonight, we wrote our prayers. And, uh, and that is going to be um, given or brought back or given to our ushers tonight. And then on Sunday night, we're going to be praying also at the same time. Uh, what did you catch from tonight, Chad? What are some things that
1: you saw that God is, he's just faithful in his promises. And we're part of a great plan that God has. He's in control. And we get to be a part of it. So
0: I think for all of us tonight, what, a, what, a, what another opportunity for us to grow in the Lord. We're going to pray, and, and as we do, be reminded of this God whom we serve. And if you want to do your own study on uh, just the, the history of, of Israel, do that. Because you'll be amazed at the fact that there's no other nation that has gone through what Israel has gone through and, and is going through and still flourish. It is supernatural because God is the kind of God that never goes back on his promise. He said it from day one. He will bless his people and he never has gone back on his promise. And you and I are grafted in and we are his people too. So he will bless us as we continue to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for showing us who you are. You're a powerful God. You're a wonderful God. You're a God who gives and blesses. You're a God who redeems and restores. You're a God who shows us life and joy and peace and miracle after miracle. We're so thankful that you show us the way, the truth, and the life. And that is through your one and only son, Jesus Christ. Thank you for blessing your people and for being so faithful. How great is our God. In Jesus' name we pray and we all said amen. Amen. Let's stand together tonight. Let's conclude.